Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Monterey Lies, written by Patrick Whitehurst. Barker's back solving crime with his pack of adorable canines. Barker, the mysterious homeless detective with no memory of his past, returns in the wild third installment of the Barker Mysteries. Sequestered in a thrown-together shack beneath the soggy planks of California's old fisherman's wharf, Barker and his gaggle of street dogs have kept largely to themselves since the events of Monterey Pulp. When three teenagers go missing in Carmel-by-the-Sea, and an incriminating note is left on the beach below his barnacle-covered home, Barker is thrust into pulse-pounding action. From the sinister friar of the historic Carmel mission, to an encounter with crime boss Sleepy Redbone in the sweltering red rocks of Sedona, Arizona, our reluctant hero faces his greatest threats and learns a secret to his past he thought lost to him, his first name. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from Monterey Lies. Chapter 2 The Pack Alone Eyes fluttered. They saw only blackness comfort like a pillow beneath him, except for the jostling, bumps and rattles, legs curled up, arms wrapped behind him, yet he rested, couldn't stay awake. Somewhere a car honked, distant and uninteresting. Barker wondered about the dogs. Where had they gone? His brain began to melt again. The rattling settled to a soothing rhythm. He'd sent them away. That he remembered, but not why he was there. They'd been separated, and there was nothing he could do to change it. He hoped they could take care of themselves. Dangler herded the pack across the Monterey Peninsula. The trek wasn't an easy one for the four-legged group, as they stopped often to either smell the various scents they discovered along the way, or to investigate and devour whatever food they happened to discover. The dogs, as close as they were, were never too eager to share their scraps of food. Their expedition took them along the recreation trail, which winds along the windswept bay from Pacific Grove to Marina. Trash cans are located at regular intervals along the path, and they are often full. Half-eaten meals from salami sandwiches to fast food could be licked and rummaged from the refuse. It was enough to keep the group going, but not enough to make good time. Another setback was Connor. As the tracker in the group, she found it difficult to retain the scent of the vehicles, and the group often ventured to Del Monte Avenue for her to pick it up again. From Sand City, the group found it easier to travel without fear of human interruption. The retriever mix isn't the fastest creature in the pack, but she had the strongest nose. She picked up the scent on Highway 1. Zero trailed behind the rest, but seemed to know what was at stake, and tried her hardest to keep up with the others. Like Grizz, Destiny, Dangler, and Connor, Zero wanted nothing more than to find Barker. Dangler stayed in the lead, but often stopped to wait for Connor. He looked to her for cues that would lead them in the right direction. Once near Marina, by the dunes of Fort Ord, the five canines stopped to rest. The tiny Shih Tzu needed time to rest her short legs. Late in the night, the group crossed the highway, finding no traffic to block their way save a stray set of headlights or two. They were soon on Imjin Parkway. 
Connor sniffed out the trail again easily but observed Dangler leading them towards a series of dark buildings. The dogs could smell wild animals as they entered the abandoned neighborhood. The buildings, with flaking paint and boarded windows, would serve as shelter for the animals through the coming day. Sunlight began to rise in the east as the dogs traveled to the farthest building from the roadway. A raccoon passed before them, heading home after a night of exploration. The dogs stopped in the roadway to watch it pass. The raccoon paid them no attention. They continued to the building and entered a structure with no door. Inside, they found a long common room covered in filth and decrepit furnishings. Not that the dogs minded the mess. They made their way past a wall covered in graffiti to an area of the floor that opened into a dark pit and moved silently to the back corner near what was once the kitchen. There they found a pile of discarded clothing and made their nest for the night. None found the accommodations as comfortable as Bernie's Camelot, and all found themselves, in their own way, missing the strong man who made them feel complete. Zero was allowed the coziest spot to sleep, followed next by Destiny. As a rather large dog, the young Mastiff still acted like a puppy, and therefore was allowed to sleep how he wished. The others ringed the two, with Dangler taking point. He settled down for sleep, but kept a wary eye on the doorway. The wild animals warranted little attention, as they had their own business to attend to, but there were other sounds the Rottweiler listened for, namely the approach of humans. They hunkered down. Zero made constant circles over the clothes before finding it comfortable enough for a bit of shut-eye. They slept much of the day, occasionally exploring the lower rooms of the derelict army barracks and listened to the sounds of the world outside. Traffic could be heard at the peak hours, but the day soon gave way to night, and their trip commenced once again. Connor led the group for a short while to Reservation Road, where they passed under a canopy of dark Monterey oaks and spiky beds of ice plants, which Grizz enjoyed chewing on. They heard the howls of a coyote and smelled the wetness of the Salinas River. Connor never faltered in her path, but that path seemed long. They traveled further and further from the neighborhood they knew so well. As a chill fell over the peninsula, the five dogs crossed from Reservation Road into the Salinas Valley. They found themselves at the edge of the river near a bed of reeds. Dirt paths surrounded them, and at the end of a narrow dusty road, they saw the headlights of a vehicle approach. In one fluid motion, the canines became one with the foliage at the edge of the river. It was an evasive maneuver Barker taught them some time ago, which he regularly utilized whenever they hiked to Big Sur, and the dogs knew well enough to perform on their own. Even Zero, the hardest to train, became one with the night. Once the car, a black 2015 Ford Mustang, passed them, they were virtually invisible. The vehicle didn't travel far. It rolled to a slow stop near a dense cluster of grass and tree roots. A low-hanging Monterey oak bent its branches over the roof. Leaves crunched under the tires when it stopped. The dogs watched with mild interest. Behind them lay the river. Recent rains made the river plump and fast over recent weeks. The dogs huddled close to the edge, Grizz growling slightly, but none dared inch closer to the wetness at their backs. They only hoped whoever came out of the vehicle got their business over with quickly. Before they saw a soul, however, the pack heard a muffled scream within the confines of the Mustang. 
A second later, a door opened violently, releasing its contents into the world. A woman landed in the dust and weeds, but quickly scrabbled to her feet. She dashed for the back of the vehicle, panting hysterically, and nearly fell once again. A man emerged from the driver's side wearing dark pants and a white t-shirt. He looked young and strong. Unlike the woman, he exited the Mustang like a man about to take a leisurely stroll. He kicked the door shut with the back of his foot. The sound alerted the fleeing woman who spun on her heels. The red glow of the taillight put her in a crimson spotlight. A cloud of dust rose around her. Dangler picked out something metallic in the man's hand. He held it up, pointing it at the woman. Suddenly it spit fire and all hell broke loose at that moment. Their trip to find Barker, one made in stealth, had come to an end. The woman's screams might as well have been made in the vacuum of space. No one heard them over the crack of the man's cult single-action peacemaker. The dogs, frightened by the suddenness of the explosive act, reacted with equal explosiveness. The first shot, which missed the hysterical woman, thudded into the earth near Destiny's paws. The large dog lumbered into the glow of the taillight, followed quickly by Grizz and Zero. Connor, meanwhile, splashed in the opposite direction, but froze in place when she realized her belly had touched cold water. She didn't know what to do next. When the man repositioned himself to take a bead on the woman, he found a much closer shape blocking his path. Dangler sprang into action before the man could squeeze the trigger a second time. His strong jaws snared the metal in the man's hand, locking around the hot colt. Whether the large dog felt the heat of the gun, no one could know save Dangler himself. He yanked the gun free and, with a whip of his magnificent neck muscles, lobbed the hot steel two car lengths toward the river. The man fell back, no longer as composed as he had been moments ago. Dangler uttered an ear-splitting bark, reminding the man who controlled the situation, and turned back to the rest of the pack. The woman stepped gingerly around the dogs at her feet, her eyes shimmering with tears. She stared at the large Rottweiler standing by the prone man. He feared movement and never uttered a single word in protest. As she took a step back, thinking she might flee from the scene, she found her path blocked by the arrival of several new arrivals. Three police cruisers roared onto the dirt road, kicking up a cloud of thick dust that turned red in the lights. Dangler and the rest of the pack, fearful of so many arrivals, backed off and made for the edge of the river. They darted down the side of the dirt road, not so fearful as to cross the river, but not willing to stay either. The woman screamed behind them. An officer approached her with his service revolver drawn. Another two officers approached the man in the black Mustang. It was our first date, she shouted. He tried to rape me. If it wasn't for those dogs, the officer soon found the pistol where Dangler tossed it. Another whistled for the dogs to return, sensing they were important to the story. None came. Had it been Barker's whistle, they would have launched themselves into service. But this was a stranger. They wanted nothing to do with the people by the river any longer. Soon they found the waterway angled beneath the street. Climbing the embankment, the pack crossed the road to reach the other side then quickly dropped back to follow the muddy banks a while further. Dangler patrolled the perimeter of the pack, pacing to the front and taking up the rear when needed, in the event they were followed. They eventually wandered into the tiny community of Spreckles. 
the sun began to rise again, but this time the canines persisted. They kept through the town, cutting through yards and eventually came upon sprawling agricultural fields. As the sun peaked over Mount Toro, filling Salinas Valley with warmth and light, the pack trotted along the shoulder of a small road. Connor kept her head high to fill her impressive nostrils with the scent of the trail. They emerged on Highway 101 and found themselves surrounded by more crops. As the morning wore on, they noticed laborers spilling from white school buses. Many carried styrofoam cups full of steaming coffee, while others stared silently at the odd pack of creatures making their way past them. Some called out to the dogs, particularly to Zero, who seemed to be the least frightening of the group due to her size. To their left, cars and produce trucks began to appear with more and more intensity, until soon the view across the street was blocked by a steady stream of traffic. They stayed along the right shoulder. Dangler sought a spot where they could hide until nightfall. A truck came to a stop just ahead. The small white pickup, with sirens on the cab, had cages at the back end. The dogs didn't identify the metal boxes as cages, but they could smell the scents emanating from the back. Dogs and cats, a heady mix of fear and anxiety, lived within those cages. Dangler turned from the busy highway and led the dogs off the shoulder. They climbed under barbed wire fencing and found themselves near fields of artichokes. Another white pickup, just like the first, came to a stop behind them. People in uniform climbed out. The dogs hurried their trot, heading into the artichokes, much to the consternation of the laborers. With the uniforms following behind, the dogs turned from the field workers who had put aside their tasks to chase after the dogs. They ran out of places to hide. The pack noticed another vehicle along a dirt road. A blonde woman climbed out of the car. She held the cell phone to her ears and spoke rapidly while approaching the frightened group. It's them, she said. I would recognize them anywhere. When that woman reported her rape last night, there was no doubt. Barker trained them well. She strode through the fields, holding up her arms to the two groups pursuing the dogs. Dangler came to a stop, with the rest congregating behind his black backside. He watched her intently. He recognized the woman, as did the other dogs, but his senses told him to remain alert. The laborers and the uniforms stopped their advance. She spoke directly to the Rottweiler. Dangler, hello. His ears perked. She did know him. She got down on one knee and patted the earth. I'm familiar with these dogs, she said, this time speaking to the group of people surrounding them. Dangler and the rest remained rooted to their spot in the middle of the artichokes. Their owner has gone missing, but I know these dogs. Give me a moment. I'm with the city of Pacific Grove Animal Control. One of the uniforms called out to her. Dispatch gave us the rundown. We'll hold back and see what you can do. His voice sounded as if he doubted she'd be able to wrangle the pack. Destiny was the first to break free from the group. As a puppy, he'd been in her arms, and the two had nearly drowned after they were hit by sneaker waves on the rocky Pacific Grove shore. Barker saved them both, as had Dangler. Pearl Clocker remembered the day well just as she remembered holding onto the Rottweiler for support as he swam her to shore. She was pleased to see Destiny make a break for her and held her arms apart to give him a big hug. He careened into her playfully, licking her face and tossing his large body into her lap. 
Pearl laughed and hugged the squirming, oversized puppy, happy to see him alive and healthy. The remainder of the pack broke ranks, running to say their own versions of hello. Dangler went with them, forgetting for a moment their mission. She soon found herself petting them all and climbed to her feet to lead them to her vehicle. Once there, she opened the passenger door. In the back seat were piles of dog food. Pearl soon had them all inside. As she waved to the uniforms and gathered laborers, who were disappointed to see the show end so quickly, she made another call. It's Pearl again, she said. I've got Barker's dogs. No sign of Barker, but they were going somewhere. I'm going to bring them to my house. No, no, I'll take care of them. Call off the patrols. Oh, I know. But these dogs aren't strays. Okay, yes, they are. Technically. She paused for a moment, watching the creatures eat in her back seat. They barely fit in her Subaru. I'm pet-sitting them. What if he doesn't resurface? Not sure how to answer that. Let's just assume he will. She crossed her fingers before ending the call. The two Salinas animal control vehicles turned onto Highway 101 as she started the engine. Frank Sinatra belted, that's life, from her speakers, startling the dogs for a moment. Turning down the volume, she looked at the large group. The dogs, Dangler especially, stared from the window worriedly. I hope you've been in a car before. Please don't do anything too terrible until we get back to Monterey. You be good, and there will be a lot more kibble for you at the house. As the Subaru edged forward, bringing the pack the way they had come, Dangler found himself yearning to travel in the opposite direction. Connor, for a moment, joined him in staring through the back window of the car. She knew they were going in the wrong direction, but then the scent of kibble filled her nostrils. It was almost gone. If she wanted more, she'd have to stop looking out the window. A red Corvette re-entered the traffic on Highway 101. It arrived shortly after Pearl Clocker lured the dogs into her vehicle and stayed on the shoulder of the highway until the scene cleared. The slick vehicle followed the dog catcher Subaru all the way into Pacific Grove. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from Monterey Lies. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon, Audible, and iTunes.